Good afternoon and welcome to the Half Hour Call podcast, hosted by me, Harry Sutherland. Please be aware this podcast may contain strong language. Going forward in this series of interviews, I'll be talking to professionals across the industry who will give us their stories and also an insight into the arts industry today. My guest today is the star of BBC One's hit comedy, The Goes Wrong Show, and also Mischief Theatre's smash play at the Vaudeville Theatre, Magic Goes Wrong. It is, of course, Bryony Corrigan. After graduating from Lambda, Bryony performed on stage and in television in The Midsummer Night's Dream, Inspector George Gently, Holby City, and Something Cloudy, Something Clear, before joining Mischief. Her first production with Mischief was Lights, Camera, Improvise, before heading into the West End run of The Play That Goes Wrong and onto Broadway whilst also appearing in Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Recently, Bryony can be seen in Amazon Prime's Good Omens with David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Just before the lockdown hit, Bryony was storming the vaudeville in the mischief season of Grown Ups and also Magic Goes Wrong. This Christmas, Mischief will return to our TV screens with a nativity special, a terrific follow-up from the series one of The Goes Wrong Show, where Bryony can be seen on BBC One's iPlayer. Good evening, Miss Bryony Corrigan, how are you? Hey, very good, thank you. It's lovely to see you. How are you keeping? (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, yeah, really fine. Um, You know, it's a weird time, isn't it? (laughs) Just a bit. Yeah. Uh, It's great to see you. Do you mind if we kick off today with some 10 quick fire questions, get to know you very quickly? Oh, wow. Yeah, go on. Uh, Don't be too nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Tea or coffee? Or tea. Pre-show tea or post-show drink? Post your drink. Chinese or Indian takeaway? Chinese. Stage or screen? Stage. (laughs) That's probably a lie. (laughs) Play or musical? Play. Classic or modern? Ooh, modern. Do you dunk a biscuit? Yes. Oasis or blur? (gasps) Oasis. Is it scone or scone? Scone. And your favourite music artist, please. Oh, God, that's so hard. Is that a big question to finish on? (laughs) Yeah, that's not quick fire. That's like in-depth thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I've been listening to a lot of Sam Fender recently. He's a a Geordie Geordie artist um, who I've, yeah, I've I've been listening to a bit of him. So he's the one that sprung to my mind. But he's maybe not my favourite ever, but I <laughs> know yeah. uh, Sam Fender's a good shout. I, I yeah. yeah, I'm not a massive fan, but I'll I'll listen to his music. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned there that uh, a fellow Geordie. Now I want to ask mm. a question, if I may, mm. before we get into mm. the podcast, because I don't know who's a Geordie. Because when I toured to Sunderland, right, I was in a <laughs> pub one night and I accidentally called the barman a Geordie, and he mm. said, "I'm not a Geordie. I'm from Sunderland." So what's what's the what's the deal up there, man? What's going on? Big mistake. Yeah, so Newcastle, Geordie. Sunderland, Mackham. Oh, Mackham. I've never heard of that. We never heard of Mackham. Yeah, they're called Mackhams. So they'd, and there's a big rivalry. I think mainly because of football. Mm. Um, I'm not a big football fan, but like the, yeah, if Sunderland play Newcastle, it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Celtic Rangers kind of rivalry, you know? Brilliant. Yeah, because yeah. he was so insulted that I'd called him a Geordie and he's like, no, I'm yeah, from Sunderland, be. mate. Like... Yeah, and it'd be the same if, uh, yeah, if you called someone from Newcastle a Mackham, they'd be offended. It's very strange. 
Very strange. I never knew that. Why can't everyone just get on? (laughs) Right. Why can't we all just love each other, right? (laughs) Right. I know. Why not? (laughs) So so talking about Newcastle then, where is that's where you grew up then, I take it, yeah? Yeah. And what were your school days like? Did you enjoy school or did you hate it? I really liked school. Yeah, I really liked school. I was um yeah, so I, I grew up in um, just outside of Newcastle, um, a place called Tynemouth, which is a little village, and it's like right on the sea. It's very lovely, um, and yeah, went to all my schools there and had a had a very nice time. I had a lovely group of friends. I think that makes a big difference, doesn't it, when you're at school? Mm. It's like the people that you hang around with, and I always had a really lovely, brilliant, supportive group of friends. So that made all the difference. And I quite liked learning. Like I liked going in. I liked doing lessons, being around people. <laughs> so, <laughs> were you acting in school? Not really, to be honest. I I was super super shy when I was little. Like particularly, you know, like at primary school, mm. I was incredibly shy. And I remember one, like one of the teachers calling my parents in and asking if everything was okay at home because I wouldn't talk at school. <laughs> my parents were like, I think she's, yeah, everything's fine at home. Um, yeah, just really, really shy. And then my, I joined, like, I started dancing. That was like the way that I got into kind of performing and stuff. So I did loads of like after school kind of dance things and found a love of performing through doing the local pantomime and being a dancer in that um, and having a line or two. And then I went to stagecoach. Oh, stagecoach. Yeah. Big yes. up stagecoach. Big up stagecoach, <laughs> Whitley Bay. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's where I kind of first thought, oh, I, I do actually really like acting and um, came out of my shell a bit. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. Do you remember your first ever... school? Oh. Oh, you didn't do any? Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. No, Carry on. I didn't on. really Carry do on. any at school. Like, um, I, don't, I don't think it was offered. Or if it was, I just was, I think, too shy of doing it in front of, like, my friends and my peers at mm. the time. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't choose it as a subject, like, for GCSE um, or A-level. I did other stuff. I did more, like, academic stuff, I guess. And then... This kind of did it as an out, out of school activity away from all my peers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. Do you ever, well, not do you ever, do you remember your first ever memory of going to the theatre then? Yeah, I was really lucky actually because the, the RSC used to come to the Newcastle Theatre Royal. They would do like a residency there like every year. They All the RSC shows would go to the Theatre Royal. Um, so I remember being taken to see a few of those um, mm. when I was younger and I was obsessed. This was like, I probably was, this wouldn't have been like one of the first things that I'd seen, but um, I must have, I mean, I can't remember how old I was, but I was obsessed with The Green Wing at the time, which was a sitcom. I don't mm. know if you've ever watched The Green yeah, Wing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like it's my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can watch it all, binge it. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> um, and it's like my all time favorite sitcom. I was absolutely obsessed with it. And then Tamsin Gregg, who was like the lead actress in it, was doing, was then in um, uh, Much Ado About Nothing. And I got to see her do that. And Michelle Gomez as well, who's in The Green Wing, she was doing Taming of the Shrew. Wow. So I got to see both of them um, in those shows. And I remember being like, ah, oh, I, I wanna be those, I wanna be those women. Mm. <laughs> 
I think anyone yeah. want to be Tamsin Gray. She's amazing. Right? I know. I know. <laughs> Flawless. Oh, yeah. So when did you start to hear about Lambda then? Because obviously being up in Newcastle, it's miles away from London and any of those central schools. Mm. So what was that process like? Yeah, funnily enough, do you know, I don't really know. Like, because, at yeah, again, at school, they didn't really have any idea about any of that. You know, I was the only person that was applying for, like, I did apply for some dance schools as well and, and drama schools. And they just didn't really know how to like help me with any of that application stuff because I, do, I don't think many other people had done it before. My English teacher was amazing. Um, I think she helped me a bit. Mrs. Cluen, shout out. Um, <laughs> she was, she, she did a bit of help and I think maybe she had suggested it, but my mum was aware of it, of the drama schools because she ha was a dancer. She went to the Royal Ballet School and was, she's actually from London as well. Um, or just outside and um, she I think because of that training like she started at Artside then went to um, Royal and so I think she was a kind of aware of of the drama schools and weirdly Lambda is the building where Lambda is now mm -hmm. used to be the Royal Ballet School so really? me and my mum actually trained in the same building in a way so yeah I never knew that yeah it's so weird because I, we've got a drawing in our live up in my parents living room and I'd never noticed it before and it's the drawing of the foyer of lambda wow but it was it it, it we've got it because it was the royal ballet school and that's where mum trained so <laughs> oh so your mum into performing as well then was she yeah she was a, she started off as a ballet dancer wow so, yeah so that's like keeping it in the family right <laughs> yeah yeah sadly she had to stop quite early on but um oh. but yeah she did she was a so as a dancer. Brilliant. Yeah. What were your days at Lambda like then? Because you, you said you did the foundation to begin with, right? Yeah. So I started with the foundation course um, and then and went straight there, just turned 18 doing that. Um, and then, and that was amazing. And, and the nice thing about the foundation course is, although you do get taught by the teachers that teach on the three-year, you also get the guy that ran it at the time, Adam Megiddo, who now subsequently actually directs quite a few of our plays. Um, but he's was big into improv. So a lot of the focus on the foundation course was all improvisation. And that's something that you don't really get as much on the three year. So I felt like we got a real great insight into that side of things from, mm. from doing the foundation course. And then, yeah, it was at the end of that, I auditioned for the three year and got on to the course there and did, did three more years. Mm. stuck around <laughs> and it was it was great I loved it I loved my time at Lambda I wouldn't change it for anything really it was it was brilliant um and yeah learned a lot I suppose mm. it's been very helpful was that how you met all the mischief guys then yeah yeah so a lot of them had also done the foundation course and then either went on to be uh, train at Lambda or other schools. Harry went to RADA. Um, Dave went to Rose Bruford. A um, couple of other people went elsewhere. One went to, off to be a doctor. Um, but yeah, we all kind of met through through that and through Adam, who was the improv teacher I was talking about. He kind of helped bring everyone together. So yeah, I was one of the last to join the company. Me and Niall, actually. Really? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. didn't, didn't, you, didn't you appear in a play that goes wrong together? You and the second cast together, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because we were still training 
uh, when the first cast um, did play that goes wrong. And so we just graduated when they were needing a, a second cast. And so we auditioned and mm. got to do it, which was brilliant. I mean, we're so going nice. to come back to that if I can, because I want to yeah. talk about your first job at drama school. Do you remember mm. what that was, your first acting job? Yeah. So my first acting job was Inspector George Gently. Oh, was it? A tiny little part on that, yeah. Got my yeah. intro right, banging, nice one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, that, that, was, that was really lovely. Um, and... It was it was great because it's set in the northeast as well. So I got to do my own accent, and I had a lovely scene, um, which was really tiny, um, but I had such a nice time on it. And everybody, it couldn't have been a nicer job to start with because it was small enough that it wasn't terrifying. Um, but it was a telly job, and everyone that worked on it was just utterly lush. They just couldn't have been nicer, and they really looked after me and like took me under their wing. So. It was a really nice job, yeah. Oh, brilliant. And then <laughs> was it that into Play That Goes Wrong then, was it? No, so then I did a little Holby City episode and then I did um, a play called How I Learned to Drive at the Southwark Playhouse. Mm -hmm. So that was like my first actual um, theatre job out of out of Lambda was, was that at the Southwark Playhouse, mm. um, which was brilliant. And Olivia Poulet... Oh yeah. Um, who you might know from like the thick of it and yeah, thick of it. things yeah, like yeah. that. Um, she played the lead in it, which was really cool because I was a big fan of hers. Um, and yeah, it was really cool. It's like an American, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's American. I've never heard play. of it, no. Yeah. And so one of my friends actually who did the foundation course with me, but then wanted to be a director, he directed it. Um, so it was a really nice thing for him as well to kind of have his first proper directorial stint um, doing that it was yeah it was a really fun one wow. and then it was play that goes wrong <laughs> so what, what was that so were you did you already do the lights camera improvise then before you went into play that goes wrong yeah yeah so that was the thing so while we were at lambda we as a company the only sh the show that we had was um was lights camera improvise which is now mystery movie nights the same same show mm. just rebranded um <laughs> best way so to yeah it, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> rebrand that um and uh while we were training and at lambda and everything we would meet up every saturday or sunday as a company and we'd practice improv and do our show and then we'd go around pub theaters and the edinburgh fringe and wherever we could and perform it um and try and get audiences to watch it <laughs> um which was sometimes harder than it sounds <laughs> like we were often performing to like seven people at the hen and chickens so really? yeah yeah quite Those a lot days are long gone though right <laughs> yeah uh, hopefully yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what but, was that like then going into the play that goes wrong so i remember chatting to niall quite a bit about it and he just said it was just the most amazing experience because for him i think it was his first job at drama school it was straight mm. out into that you know what was it like for you? Yeah, amazing. I mean, to come to come out of drama school and then like within that year be offered like a West End job is, I mean, yeah, it, it feels pretty surreal actually. Like I don't think there's many people that can say that they've, that they've done that. So it's amazing. And like, I'll, I will always be completely grateful that I was able to have that opportunity at that point. 
um and to go into something that was so much fun as well mm. you know because i you know I, I have a feeling like doing doing straight plays would be incredible I've and I want to do that but to come out and to go into a comedy with mm. a load of my best friends in a play that was written by my best friends was so amazing and to so take amazing. it to Broadway as well right I know I know yeah so I so yeah I took over the role of Sandra in the West End and then the original cast got asked to go to Broadway and so they said well do you want to come and understudy the the female parts on Broadway um and I couldn't turn it down, really. It was just like, well, that's potentially a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, so even though I was sort of stepping into, like, an understudy role, it was just, like, a no-brainer. It was like, well, I might never get that chance again. I've got to go. Mm-hmm. And, Did you ever um, go on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went on about 25 times or something. Oh, wow. Across the, across the seven months. But, yeah, it was amazing. What was the um, difference like in audiences? Because I hear that apparently American audiences are so much more vocal and, and everything else. Yeah, they were actually. They were. And they were, they're just they're just so supportive. American audiences, they'll like cheer you and like, you know, whoop you. And you're like, <laughs> oh, brilliant. You're enjoying it. Whereas British audiences are much more like reserved and kind of like just happy to sit and enjoy it. <laughs> um, which for the play that goes wrong is really... Um, and it's really useful like we want people to to sort of shout out and do what not not too much but like yeah. it's really useful to have people to play off and respond to that that's the whole point of the show is that, mm. that the, the fourth wall is dropped you know so it's they're, yeah they're really wonderful out there it was brilliant oh terrific I mean I remember the night that I saw a play that goes wrong in, in London and it was just like it was I could barely hear the actors on stage it was so much laughter from the audience I just thought imagine if there wasn't that do you know what I mean if the yeah. response wasn't there it yeah must be awful right <laughs> it is especially like the the times when you feel it is um you know when you're doing uh like rehearsals mm. often when we've for all of our all of our comedy plays that you've done you get to a point in rehearsals where you're just like oh my god this just isn't isn't funny. This is awful. This is going to be terrible. No one's going to laugh because you're doing rehearsals and you don't have an audience there to respond to or giving you anything. So you're like landing these jokes to silence and it's horrible. So you you always there's always a point in rehearsals where you completely lose confidence in what you're doing. And then as soon as it's in front of an audience, like, oh, okay, it's okay. They've laughed. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all worth it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's worth it for that one laugh. <laughs> I want, to, I want to talk about a jump across in your CV to, to quite a diverse thing, which was your voiceover work. Mm, it's it's yeah. something that is really fascinating in, um, in acting. What, how did you find that? Because you did a voiceover for a couple of things, haven't you? Yeah, I did two, um, two video games, um, which was really fun. And, it's, and they sort of came out of nowhere, really. Um, I don't have a voiceover agent, so... Um, they just came through my acting agent and um, yeah, I was just lucky enough to kind of, to la- to get them and um, went into audition and um, I really love doing voices. Like I, I, I probably need to get on it and try and get a voiceover agent because I would <laughs> love to do more. Um, and I, it was uh, such an amazing, cool experience. Like, again, they're like, they were like fairly small things. I maybe did like a day on both of them. Um, but 
it's just a really cool cool job to have like it it always amazes me when like actors kind of the, the scope of what what is available to you if you can get it is is actually quite cool yeah um and yeah and then you like bust your diaphragm for a day is that true <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> but so I, 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 my friends have done like video games and because you have to give all the the variables that the character could go kind of thing that by the end of the day you can barely talk your you know your throat is torn apart your diaphragm is busted you find that <laughs> or did you have an easy day <laughs> that's so funny i had a bit of an easy day because on on the first one um the dark souls one i was playing a sort of like creepy um creepy girl who like painted the future or something Ooh. so she was very like quiet and so i didn't have to bust too hard on that one that was more <laughs> about like keeping it super small mm. but um it w- that was a really interesting one because the producers i think um were from japan and so there was this sort of chain of i was i was in the booth and the director was in there and then they had the producers and a translator so every time oh, wow. i was getting a note it was coming through like four people <laughs> before <laughs> it got to me um, so that was quite interesting because you had to kind of like have these notes that had sort of been translated about three times by the time it got to you and you're trying to deliver what they wanted and it, so that was quite interesting literally kind of, lost um, in translation <laughs> yeah probably I don't know whether I did what they wanted in the end <laughs> who knows <laughs> I hope I did um, and yeah and then the second one so that was literally just voice and then the second one that I did for um uh, Squadron 42 what uh, I think it's called and uh, that one I had like a you had to wear like a big helmet thing and it had a camera on the front so it was tape picking up like your facial oh, wow. movements and stuff so that was quite weird because you suddenly have like this big thing on with like a stick here with a camera and you're like reading the lines off the screen um, so that was quite that was a that was really different because that, that was like VR kind of thing yeah but it wasn't my whole body it was just my face oh wow. i think it was picking up like i don't know yeah my my facial movements <laughs> that sounds um, incredible yeah so that that was really different that felt really different mm. um but was a lot of fun but i would love to do some full you know the video games where you get to your whole body in one of those like morph suits and mm. i think that would be really fun I mean, there's a great, there's a, if you fancy a laugh, there's a great YouTube channel. My friend sent it to me the other day. He's a big gamer. And it's these behind the scenes of all these games being made. And it's like actors running around with these grey ping pongs all over them. And mm. it does look kind of stupid without the without the audio. Because they're just yeah. running around shouting and stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is stupid too. It does oh, look a lot of fun though, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it would be really fun. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it would be so, so fun to do. Yeah. I want to, if I can as well, because Good Omens was amazing. It was so funny, that series. Yeah. That, that was quite a recent thing you did, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I, weirdly, I've, we filmed it in 2017. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was actually like three years ago, but obviously it only came out really, really recently. Yeah. yeah. How, how was that? What was that like shooting on that? So great. So cool. And I mean, like, I just... Yeah, I think, I mean, it's one of the biggest projects I've ever done in terms of like scale of production and um, just, like proper incredible series. Um, and so that was amazing, kind of turning up to set 
um, and and you know everything just looking amazing, like the little house that hot thing that we were filming in, and the you so it's when you suddenly see how like how many props and the way it's been designed, and there was like orbs everywhere and books, and I was like, wow, someone's like decked this whole place out with all this incredible stuff. It's amazing. And then to, I, to Neil Gaiman was on set, um, you know, as the writer. And mm -hmm. that was really amazing to like meet him. How incredible. Um, and again, everyone was just so lovely that worked on it. Um, mm. I think I've been really lucky. Like I feel like I've always had brilliant, lovely people mm. working with me. It was amazing. Yeah. It that, was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such an like out there series but once you get your head around it, it's proper good isn't it yeah it's That's really cool really i love bad vocabulary it. i've got in describing it sorry proper good <laughs> proper good like proper good. um yeah no it, it it really is it's such a good series i would recommend it to anyone who hasn't watched mm. it not just because i'm in it for you know <laughs> that's a nice little plug that isn't it <laughs> yeah there's a great 30 second clip of me <laughs> no, staying, on definitely TV. Watch it. staying on tv if i can what mm. Um, and I want to come back to mischief as well because I'm interested in in translating the mischief comedy onto telly. What's that yeah. process like? So I know, I know you've got the three hen uh, two Henrys and Jonathan as a write as writers. Are yeah. you guys involved in helping develop it, or is it workshop the scripts, or is it do, mm. that's what it is? You guys perform it. What's that process like? Yeah. So often the way it starts is that the guys will come up with, they'll have an idea for the episode and they'll go away and write it um, as kind of fully as possible. And then they'll bring it to us and we'll do like a read through um, as a group. And then we'll often have some suggestions um, of, you know, things that maybe didn't work quite as well or um, things that we think maybe our character would or wouldn't do. Um, and some suggestions to kind of make it make it funnier or more fun. Um, so yeah, it's really amazing that they kind of, I think it's quite rare that writers, you know, give up a bit of their power and share it with us as a cast. Um, and that we have such an input um, into the scripts is is really wonderful. And I don't, I don't know how often that happens. Um, so it's it's nice to feel like you've got a bit of onus over the character that you've that you're playing on on screen, um, and yeah, we'll often we'll workshop them because often as well you'll think because they're so set heavy and kind of based on what's there in the room that you can trip over or get hit by or whatever. Sometimes mm -hmm. they'll have written something and then you once you get it up on your feet you realise oh wait I've written that for it to happen over there but the door's over there how can we make that work and. So getting it up on its feet for these things is always really, really important. And you often find as well, there's extra places to put, you know, gags in about getting hit or like physical comedy stuff. Once you're up on your feet, you go, oh, we could put a hit in there or you could mm. slip on that there. Or, you know, so that's always really fun. Mm. Um, that... and then... Sorry, carry Sorry. on. No, no, carry on, <laughs> carry on. I'm really intrigued. I'm agreeing. <laughs> I was just going to say that, um, yeah, and then the process of kind of, making it for screen is that you know where usually you'd be playing it out um to a, a full house or maybe potentially not a full house always but you know a <laughs> theater house um uh is that suddenly you've got in the room the way that we do it is um there's six cameras 
shooting on you the whole time. So we'll try and run it as much as possible, like a play, um, without stopping. Um, but obviously that's very difficult, especially when you've got sets changing and things like that. Um, but yeah, you'll have these six cameras and to be aware of which one is filming you and if it's a close up or a wide shot. And if you want uh, to kind of interact with the audience by throwing a glance at the camera or whatever, mm. um, that was a really interesting thing to sort of learn just on the spot. Um, yeah, trying to make it a bit smaller, I guess, as mm. well for screen and knowing what you could do and what was going to look too big. Um, yeah, was I mean, it's, it's a great series and you're fantastic in it. And I love, I oh, love, the, I love the Christmas special, how high your voice goes. Are you, an, are you a natural <laughs> singer as well? Like, or is that all just put on? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm actually fine. Um, I've, I've always done see, like I had singing lessons when I was little and stuff, but for some reason it just scares me so much. Really? Um, so I, when I do it, I like singing, but I'm, I, I would never be the first one to kind of get up and offer to sing a song ever. So when I saw in the script that they'd written me a song, yeah. I was pretty terrified. But then I was like, oh, it's okay because I get to, you know, spoof mm. it. It gets to go wrong and I get to go really high. And yeah. Because every time really... it steps up, I remember going, oh, go on, girl. <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Well, we had to keep putting it high because I've realised as well, I think I do have a soprano voice so I can actually get fairly high so wow. we kept having to push it higher and higher in order for it to sound like yeah. a, a real a kind of struggle um but it was really fun to do mm. um yeah can and... I ask about 90 degrees because that again is one of my favorite <laughs> episodes but like yeah. that must have been a bitch to shoot that one or was it, oh, was they... it I don't know what was that like no it was it was it was it was amazing, but it was one of the most painful experiences I think any of us have ever had. Really? <laughs> Actually, to be fair, the courtroom one was was pretty painful as well. But yeah, because we were on, I mean, the set, the, um, the set is just, was incredible. Like how they built the table on its side and all the chairs. And what you don't see kind of watching it is that behind that is like a whole scaffold that we had to like climb up and then climb, you had to climb in through the back of the chair, basically. Okay. Like shoot in through the bottom of the chair in order to be like lying down. So it was always, um, and once you were up there, it was it was like, right, you're just, you're up there now. You're, you're not gonna come down until we finished rehearsing this bit. And so our backs and necks, cause we were kind of, for, for most of us, we were lying sideways and trying to hold our necks up. So it was like the Ooh. strain was crazy and then poor Dave he's at the top so he all of his weight was like falling for, like down towards mm. the floor um <laughs> unreal mm. unreal it was a painful time but a very fun <laughs> but a very fun one <laughs> I mean the payoff is great because it looks terrific it does look oh that's good <laughs> I know this is the other thing like when you're filming it you you're not quite sure what what it's gonna look like what it's going to look like mm. and then it's not until you kind of watch it back on screen you go oh okay it works yeah. and in, you, in your head you're kind of going how's this going to work on camera and then <laughs> it just sort of just does <laughs> they're very clever because you, you've yeah. finished uh, filming nativity haven't you yeah 
Yeah. Uh, is it the 23rd it comes out? I think I read yesterday it's the BBC announced. The 22nd, yeah. 22nd. The 22nd at 7pm, yeah. Nice little plug there as well. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's my grandma's birthday that day, so it's a very special one. <laughs> oh, happy birthday, Grandma Corrigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, I mean, that was, a, it. filming this one obviously has been like even more kind of difficult than the other ones because obviously we did it during right before the lockdown Mm. we finished filming right before lockdown um as in the second one so we were doing it kind of during during covid um which is a very different experience altogether Mm. yeah um, you can't, don't tell us too much. Don't tell us anything about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> <I don't laughs> we'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. Can I uh, ask about the most recent theatre, literally got shut down because of COVID, was the vaudeville season that you guys had running. Yeah. Because grown-ups were just hysterical. How you did saw you it? Well, oh. I, I, no, I've, it's another story. I'll explain afterwards. Okay. So okay. Um, I, I haven't seen it, no, but I'll explain okay, it, one of it afterwards. But <laughs> okay. yeah, what was that like? Yeah, uh, the the shows or, or yeah 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 the, the whole scene. oh yeah yeah a, a really cool. I mean, again, it was it was so exciting when um, they were offered a whole season um, of plays in the West End. That was really cool um, to do. And Grown Ups was a really fun one, really different to the other plays that we'd done, like the go you know all the goes wrong brand stuff. Um, it had a really different feel. So it was quite nice to do. Yeah, something, I guess, with a little, I mean, my character wasn't serious at all, but as in, but the play itself had a more serious kind of through line at points. And um, yeah, it was hopefully actually a bit moving um, at the end with for some of the characters. So um, it was a really fun to do something a bit different. And then Magic Goes Wrong was. Hmm. incredible and like working with Penn and Teller and and you know that that's that was such a big scale production of so many people that worked on that to make it happen um and learning magic this <laughs> was just yeah was a real experience hard but, fun, <laughs> hard but fun hard but fun for sure yeah a lot of practice I bet a lot of practice oh my god yeah and was it one of those things where you had to learn how to do it right in order for it to go wrong or did you just learn it to go wrong yeah, no, you really have to learn. You have to know exactly how it should look if it was going to go right. Um, that's always super important to know then how it would go wrong or why why that certain thing would happen. There's like a, or I mean, yeah, so like the levitation, for example, there's, there's a bit that we do with, where I levitate. Um, Spoilers. And all of that. Yeah, that was really good. There's <laughs> a spoiler. But, and then we obviously have to learn how to make that go wrong and mm. yet still not reveal the magic trick. So mm. that was quite interesting because you don't want to reveal how it's actually done, but you want to undermine the whole yeah. kind of premise of it. So it's, it, yeah, that was quite interesting. And were you rehearsing it all in rep? Because obviously you're, you're all in both all the shows, aren't you? So were you rehearsing mm. rep or was it mm. rehearse this one, rehearse that one? How, how was it? It was rehearse, rehearse this one, then rehearse that one. I mean, we'd, we'd already done a little trial run of magic um, in Manchester um, at the Lowry, Lowry? Yeah, at the Lowry. And then, um, so we'd already sort of rehearsed that one, then a lot, a lot of stuff changed. Um, and then we rehearsed Grown Ups, did that. And then while we were still doing Grown Ups in the evening, we started rehearsing magic. So there was about 
a month where our schedule was pretty mad because we would have magic rehearsals in the daytime and then be running over to the theatre and doing grown-ups in the evening. Brilliant. Um, yeah. They're so the that was time, big. right? <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. Who needs free time? I mean, <laughs> certainly not me now. I've had far too much of it. Um, yeah, I'd much rather be sprinting from one theatre to the other. Much more fun. <laughs> and you can be seen in Magic Goes Wrong when it reopens. Can't It's reopened soon, isn't it? Am I wrong or inhuman? Well, no, sadly. So it was supposed to be opening, um, well, next week. Um but then they swapped it for Mischief Movie Night instead. So we're doing the improv instead because um, it, it's just such a big production. So unfortunately, it has been put on the back burner, but it hopefully will come back again next year at some point. So let's do a little don't plug. Know when. <laughs> How long is Mischief Movie Night on for then? When can we see you at the Vaudeville? Right. So you can start coming to shows from the 9th, which I think is next Wednesday. Mm. Madness. Um, so yeah, Wednesday the 9th, and then our last show is the 31st of January. So you've got a good two months, a good two months to get in. There's no excuse not to see it. <laughs> There's no excuse <laughs> apart from, you know, global pandemic. But that's mean, just not a good enough excuse, is it? It's not a good enough excuse, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, this, this has been terrific chatting to you today, and we're running out of time, and I don't want to keep you for too long. Can mm-hmm. I ask you two more questions, if that's okay? Yeah, of course. Um, I want to ask about how your genders maybe affected your work. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's such a, a time at the minute with political movements and stuff. That, mm. uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement that, that are affecting mm. the industry in positive ways. That I wanted to ask maybe if your genders affected maybe opportunities in your work or anything else along those lines. Mm. You don't have to answer, obviously, if you don't want to. Completely up to you. No, I think it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Um, and... I don't know, every bit of me hopes um, that it hasn't affected anything. Um, But of course, you know, it probably has to some extent. I mean, certainly, even, even, I feel like you're right. There is a movement at the moment that is pushing for uh, uh, more female roles in things. So, you know, like Incredible Amelia that was on recently mm-hmm. uh, at the Vaudeville, where that's an all-female cast um, and like the all-female runs of, of um, some Shakespeare stuff that they did, the Donmar, things like that, that are really amazing. And that was re- a really kind of eye-opening for me to to watch something and be like, wow, like look at all these incredible women and that actually they can play anything and, you know, write more write more roles for women and hopefully I think that is happening now um and you know I I myself was lucky because with the play that goes wrong and um kind of the the Cornley casts in those originally there were two female roles which was Annie and Sandra and now with the TV when went into uh them writing the TV they wrote my role in of Vanessa so it's really I feel quite lucky in that in that sense that um the boys were really trying to push for a bit more gender equality um on screen in that way and that they wrote in a third female character and I hope people really really like that and I think um aside from that I I don't believe I've faced any kind of prejudice um 
it's always weird being a, a woman in comedy and you do see less women um, doing it. I mean, even if when you look at our group, there are m- m- many more men in the group than there are women. Um, but we're like trying to change that, you know, and trying to kind of, um, yeah, ha- have more more women in the improv show, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's uh, it is all really positive and hopefully moving forwards in the right way. Mm. Same with Black Lives Matter and um, you know the whole trans movement and things like that. Is they're all really positive things for change, and I really hope that we see more more of that going forwards yeah Hmm. I think already there's a noticeable difference like you said isn't there Mm. yeah I think that there is um I still think there can be more I was I was was thinking Mm. the other day um since graduating everything that I have worked on I've every director has been a man and that's not that's not a bad thing I just noticed it the other day I was thinking oh every I've not actually worked with a female director since leaving Mm. which is kind of interesting um so that that's the other thing to remember I think as well as like it isn't just the um the the people on stage or on screen that have to change it actually needs it's everything it's the people who are backstage as well and how do we filter that Mm. through an education and how we've you know it has to all be filtered in from the kind of bottom up as well Well, Um, that's interesting I mean I spoke to Evie Hoskins who was in Waitress when it got shut down oh yeah and um and she was saying that she was so surprised when she went in for her audition that you know the entire casting panel was female yeah and she was like how refreshing that was you know yeah that's so true and actually I've just realized I have been directed by a woman Kirsty ah. directed Grown Ups, so I'm wrong. I have okay. worked with a female director. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, good. Moving mm. forwards, yeah. I know it is all going going well, and the yeah, the waitress is prime example. Like so, so many great female um, creatives on that. Mm. Yeah, that's a great answer. It's really thought provoking, and I'm sorry to throw it upon you. <laughs> sorry to throw it upon you like that. <laughs> if that's I can. All right. um, if I can close with with one maybe deep question, depends how it goes. I want to ask you, what is theatre for for you? You know, with, with lockdown and stuff, there's a lot of articles about how much we miss theatre, and you know, it, one may perceive it as hot, you know just a load of hot air. But I want to mm. see what you think theatre is is really for in society, maybe. Well, my favourite thing about go, going to the theatre is that um, you can be. It, it, hopefully and, and hopefully this is becoming more of a thing going forwards as well is that it's for everyone hopefully um and I really feel that like when I go to the theatre the things that I like best are where you're sat in the audience and you know whether you see a 90 year old man next to a six-year-old black girl and both having the same experience and loving it I just think that's amazing you know when you can look around the theatre and 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 have a shared experience of something it might not be that you take the same things away from what you're watching but there's this like energy of everyone sitting and enjoying something together that is that you know I've tried to tune in actually like a few times to watch stuff online um and it's amazing like it's amazing that we can do that now that we can stream like live theater um online but there's just not the same buzz that you have Mm 
when you get you know when you're in the theater and you're sat next to someone and they're crying laughing and it makes you laugh because you're like wow that person's having the best time <laughs> like the time of their life or you know you sit in a theater and you cry your eyes out and and maybe the person next to you you know you share a moment with someone I just that for me is like really electric and amazing and theater can is is really educational as well like and important I've learned things from theater that I didn't learn about in school and yet I get to go and watch incredible people tell the story for me in a dramatic way and that's I just love that and I think it's I think it's so important and mm. I hope I hope people when the theatre's open do come back in and and watch it <laughs> <laughs> I mean there does seem to be a hunger for it doesn't it since it's gone it's like people maybe mm. uh, what's that I keep forgetting the phrase I'm too tired they they don't yeah. know what they got until it's gone you know kind of thing yeah yeah I think I, feel, I think so and you can see it in in ticket in ticket sales for the stuff that's coming out you know mm that where we thought oh maybe people will be feel really cautious about coming back actually like there's a real want to be entertained and mm. have something to get dressed up for again you know <laughs> like yeah. have a nice night out with your mates and watch something cool mm. like oh uh, yeah everyone wants it definitely <laughs> great brownie corrigan this has been just fantastic thank you so much oh! it's been really nice to meet you lovely to meet yeah. you too yeah because we haven't yeah. you're actually the first person on this podcast i've never met in person God. we'll have to write that wrong we'll have to write that wrong <laughs> me you and niall we'll get a drink one time <laughs> that's brilliant right thank yeah. you thank you so much no problem <laughs>